Hello, and welcome to the Well-Spoken Podcast, where transformational leaders explore the mindsets, motivations, and methodologies of impact-driven businesses. I am your host, Dr. Delray Messer, doctor of chiropractic, social impact entrepreneur, mom of two, and a go-giver, empowering you through the stories of leaders who dare to challenge the status quo and collaborate to co-create an equitable and sustainable future together. Hello, and welcome back to the Well-Spoken Podcast, where transformational leaders explore the mindsets, motivations, and methodologies of impact-driven businesses. I am here with an exceptional young entrepreneurial woman, Nicole, and a close friend of mine now, and we are ready to talk about the gig economy, the future of work, work work-life well-being, human-centric business. We're here to talk about psychological safety and cultures. And most importantly, how to gain the courage to pivot if you have been tolerating far too long a toxic work environment or toxic relationships in your work. So Nicole, welcome to the Well-Spoken Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I know that you are across the globe from me, which is so exciting to be able to use technology to bring you into this conversation. So tell us where you're at right now, and then let's start with your origin story and what ignited your passion for what you're doing for work right now. Thank you, Delray. I'm so happy to be here and to be having this conversation. I think it's really, really important, especially now after the pandemic and after everything we've been through. It's it's important to hear other voices that help us feel like we're not alone and that there is a way to do it differently, um, like your story and mine. And I'm, I'm happy to share. So uh, a little bit of a background story. I studied art, art history. I've done innovation consulting for like five years. I've studied many different topics. And I always felt very lost, um, as if I didn't feel follow the right path, or like I was not where my friends were, and I was doing so many different things that, and I could not find that one passion, right? Like, oh my God, where is that? I have many different passions, but I felt like it was not right. You know, it was wrong. I, there's something wrong with me. I cannot find it. And then um the or the origin story of this like pivot that I took in my life was uh working in innovation consulting I got a, a pretty bad burnout like physical mental emotional um and I just I could not go any any longer I just felt like a horse that was about to jump and just couldn't or when your computer just shuts down and and, and you have no way of turning it on and I just had to completely stop and, and quit my job Luckily, my, my bosses were very mindful and, and they were amazing with me, with my position. They, they understood. They felt related. Many of my coworkers would say, like, oh, I, I, I've had, like, three burnouts. Like, you're so brave. And I'm like, why, why are you not? Um, and I realized that they, there were another way. There, there was another way of doing things that was more aligned with me. And, it's, and I'm thankful for my experiences and my job, but that was just not the place where I could shine the most. It was not my best way of working. So then I took a hard stop. I was focusing on my well-being, on recuperating my energy, recharging, being with family, with nature, with my pets, just like stopping and going inside. I think I was always in that search of what I valued the most of my passion. I was always looking outside, right? Like to my friends or my family or my therapist or like the gurus or the mentors, which is great, but at the end, I realized it's not that I didn't know what I wanted, it's that I didn't allow myself to want that. 
and I didn't have the time or took the time to ask myself those questions, those like really deep questions and, and accept that they may look different from the rest of the world. And that's perfectly fine because I have a unique experience. And that gave me a lot of freedom. So I started on this journey. I went back to consulting and then I started to get burned out again. And I'm like, okay, this just doesn't make any sense. So I quit after like two months. It was good. It was, it was good. I was feeling more aligned. And then everything started to unravel. I would tell people my story and just share it because they would ask what I was up to. And, and, and they were like, oh, I resonate with that. I feel the same. That, that has happened to me. I didn't know there was another option or... And then I realized that I love people. I love listening to them. I love hearing their stories, asking insightful questions. And through that, I could see the points, you know, I could connect them. I could serve as a mirror. I could help them go back to themselves so that they could take actions that were more aligned with that sort of like my story. And it's not about me being right or having the knowledge, not at all, but being able to be that partner in that self-discovery journey of allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to do things differently and that's where we're now incredible i'm going to expand on and i'm curious about the insight you could give our listeners on specifically what burnout and exhaustion meant for you you said computer shut down i relate to that so tell us a few signs or symptoms of things that were happening with emotional exhaustion and burnout? Yes, um, I was feeling very overwhelmed. We had many projects going at the same time with innovation. Everything is new, which is what makes it exciting, but it's also very overwhelming because the learning curve is too high and it's always on. So it's not like you learn and then and then it's easier. Um, so I think it was about, I started to have like, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Uh, I could not breathe. Uh, I would go to bed and I would have nightmares. I would wake up scared because my WhatsApp was blowing on, blowing off. We had a hundred like groups and chats and like many, many things. And and that was just too overwhelming. I could not even work because I was nervous about WhatsApp and email and what was happening. I had, I had struggles with that. Everything was urgent. Everything was important. And then I could not manage it that way because I am a very deep person. I prefer to go deeper and and go into the insights and zoom in and zoom out and have time to think and analyze. And that fast pace just was not working with me. Um, I felt I am a very calm person and I started to cry for anything, like at meetings and I'm like, what's happening with me? And I I have nothing against crying. It's just like, it was, it it didn't make much sense at the, like in those moments. I would feel, I got COVID actually, and I was, it was an aha moment for me because I was thankful for that, that that was the excuse for me to stop. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is weird. Like I, that should not happen. Um, I got, I started to get rashes on my skin. I started, I started to get like a paralysis underneath my right eye. Um, And my doctors would say like, if you don't stop, you're going to get a face paralysis. Do you, do you really want that? Um, my body would ache. Um, I'd start to get angry at everything. Um, and I did not feel like myself. I'm like, something is going on. And then there was a breaking point where I just, like, I, I remember I was doing a presentation and I had to do like an event or something. And I just, I remember reading in it and it was not going through my mind. I could not process the information. I could not take anything out to, to create the, the document and do the event and I just completely shut down 
and I could not work any longer. Um, and, and I just, I, I had to talk to my bosses and stop. And I could not stop because there was a project that I only had the knowledge for that. So they took everything else, but they had me continue on that. And, and it was talking, taking a toll on me. Like my skin would go crazy. Um, I was feeling exhausted. I needed sleep and I couldn't. And that was, that was very hard, very, very hard. Um, so, so then the second time when I started to see those signs, I was like, no, no, I'm not going there. Like I learned my lesson and that was great. Absolutely. We've been on a very similar parallel in our professional journey. I experienced a lot of that myself having felt an obligation to be on social media and the industry that I was in. And I had to take a hard stop after I, I I would get overwhelming, like crippling anxiety as well, just opening an app. And I was distracted and I was overwhelmed. I was not sleeping well and I was not coping well with it either. And like you, I went inward and started asking deep and more meaningful questions about how I really wanted to show up and what I was passionate about and what were my strengths and how could I bring those to the world without feeling this constant sense of overwhelm. And I think sometimes as an achiever, people that want to make an impact, we have been taught that achievement is supposed to feel that way. And I had to reevaluate that framework of that belief system to just say, well, if I'm going to be achieving things and successful at the cost of my own health and well-being or meaningful moments and relationships in my life, is it actually worth it? Like what amount of money is worth it? And do I have to walk away from, from this? And I started to just go inward as well. And I will say yoga and meditation and mindfulness were probably my greatest teachers. And I want to expand on asking you what questions you asked yourself. But for me, I had to ask myself, is this truly who you want to be? You've been doing for a very long time and achieving and looking for validation outside of you when sometimes, and I heard this in yoga yesterday, my instructor said, sometimes the most uncomfortable and loud place to be is in silence with yourself. Because we are so used to hearing the noise and the distractions of the world that we lose our sense of who we are, what our values are, what's important to us, what's meaningful to us, some of us have built something that we now feel obligated to because the older you get to, the more risk averse you become for the lifestyle that you built or what you're responsible for. So I'm curious what questions were really important to you. Mine were, who do you want to be? <laughs> who do you want to be in the relationships in your life? And most importantly, the relationship with yourself. And I really struggled to just be still and quiet enough to start to become more introspective. So do you have just a few questions that come to mind that you asked yourself in that transition? Yeah. Um, and, and what you are saying, like, I completely resonate with that. And I actually talked about this yesterday. It's like, <laughs> one is reframing what success means to me. Like now success is feeling at peace and being able to do things in a way that works with my timings, with my flow, with my way of working. Um, and giving myself the permission to do that. I think it's also giving ourselves the permission. It sounds maybe simple, but it's not. It's not easy to do that. And, and the, I started to ask myself these questions that you're asking about, and it was more like, what brings me energy? Like I could see that the when I'm lost, my body gives me a lot of signs. So when I'm excited about talking 
um, regarding a topic, then that's my cue. That's like, okay, that's something that resonates with me. I'll write it down. Or if I'm drained, you know, if I'm, I, I remember people telling me, you're telling me that you like your job, but your body is not acting like that. So I sort of don't believe you. And I was like, no, but I, but I really like it. And, and no, now I can see that in people. Like energy tells you everything. Even with, with friends or like with other people, you're with people that recharge you and people that drain you. The same with yourself. Um, so that was a key component for me. It was uh, what are the green flags and the red flags that I had in that job. So what from, that, from what I was doing, what brought me energy. So I loved doing research. I loved talking to people. I loved talking different languages. I loved analyzing stuff, like everything that was more like observing, connecting, all of these like verbs, right? But when I had to do, like implement, plan, uh, the logistics, I would just wanna like hide myself. I'm like, this is not my thing. And that was okay. In my job, I was supposed to do everything and be everything. And I realized that's not what I wanted. I'm really good at some parts of it, and I want to focus on that. And that actually gave me the direction for the next steps. I would ask myself uh, what I wanted to do as a child, what really like sparked that excitement in myself, uh, where I was uh, most happy, like in what, in what cities, like what did I like about other places, about traveling, um, I would do a lot of personality tests and just write down like the things that resonated with me. One of that was, uh, there's a thing called human design mm -hmm. and uh, I'm supposed to be a projector. And what they say is like, you're, you're like a bird on a branch. You're great at observing things and, and, and helping, like guiding people and asking questions and all of this. But when you're asked to, to sort of like run with the lions, you would fall on your face because that's not your way of doing things. And it's okay. It's just that we're in a world that asks you to do all the time and not to be. And there are others that are great at doing. So what I've learned is that I have allies, right? So if I'm not good at doing, then I, I find someone that is, and that's my partner. Um, so that's great. I found that I don't have to be everything and that's okay. Letting go of that belief helped me a lot. And I created sort of this personal puzzle that I, still work on today and I, I still expand it every day because that's where I go back to to find myself again and as you said like being in silence with me just 10 minutes I would lie on my bed no music no everything and just be with myself ask myself questions if something came to mind I, I woke up and just write it down and, and that would give me a lot of information I think it's the answer side inside of us and yes, having others that help us is amazing. I love my therapist. I love my psychologist, my coach, um, my doctors. You know, I'm thankful for them. But at the end, I'm, I'm the one that knows what, what's best for me. And I have to trust in that, even though it goes against the shoots and the woods. Um, yeah. Yes. yes. That's a powerful takeaway. I think we are at um, a place in both our personal and professional lives where we had to slow down enough to seek what was meaningful. And I believe it's going to change the course and direction of work. It already has. Uh, people don't want to commute the same way. We have different belief systems in the type of work life well-being that we want to see. And we're hung, young, hungry, and driven to make an impact. So I'm curious, why do you believe more people are driven to participate in the gig economy, the freelance economy? It's a growing 
you know, portion of work. In fact, some of the statistics are mind blowing at how many freelancers there are. And now there are large corporations that are starting to test out. We had a case study, right, with Unilever, test out bringing in freelancers for certain projects. And I see that as a powerful way for us to be able to stay in our lane of our strengths and zones of genius and be able to serve so many more people with a sharing economy. I mean, we've created a sharing economy. Why don't we view work in the same way? So can you give us an insight on why you believe more younger generations are seeking opportunities like this for work? Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. And it's, uh, I think one, it's about, as you said, having an impact, like younger generations want to feel valued and, and feel like they add something to the table. Uh, it's not just about keeping quiet or be a clog in a machine or just repeating what you're supposed to do, but actually thinking, being engaged, uh, having, I don't know, proposing different ways of doing things and like innovating and moving and feeling moved by something and having a community that have your, that has your same values or your, that where you can support one another, sort of like what you're saying. It's more important now, like our priorities have shifted and our values have shifted. And now it's not so much about the money. Yes, of course, we need money to survive and we have families and, and we need, like that's that's how our world works. But if we're not okay with ourselves, then we cannot be okay at our work. And it doesn't make any sense. As you said, the statistics talk a lot and it's like, you you if you're drained and unhappy, then you won't be able to do your best work. If you're in a work that you hate, then you don't add value, you do the the bare minimum. And I think that's why also corporations are changing and, and how like startups are growing and how everything is moving. And with the gig economy, I think one, you're able to do things your way. It's not like, oh, you have to do it because I say so. It's like, no, if this is working for me, then I can add value to you. And you have freedom. Like if you have small children, then you are able to be at home with them and take care of them. Like the pandemic, I think taught us that family is our biggest priority. Of course, work as well, but no, never. Like if you don't have health and if you're not well with your family, then you don't have anything. And that's why everything is changing and freedom of location. Like if you, if you need to move, if you need to be I don't know about that at the hospital with your sick mother, like, like everything changes quality of life. Like for me in Colombia, there's a lot of traffic and it's very hard. You have to say like sit still in traffic for two hours and then you would be stressed. You would spend money like on gas. Um, you would have to drive, then your body would ache and then you would arrive very like stressed and it doesn't make any sense. You would spend money on, food that you can cook actually at home and, and eat something more healthy. So I think it's also a balance, you know, not, not just from home, but like, like going to work sometimes or finding a community or a co-working space um, that, that also helps. And yeah, I think, I think that's key, you know, like having a voice in the matter. And for me, like my takeaway from this was, the image in the airplane where they say you have to put, put your mask first be, before putting it to others. Because I am a people pleaser. Like, I want to help everyone. Like, and sometimes I would go over myself. And then I would not be of use or of any value or I would resent that. And that doesn't make any sense. It's like I have to be good with myself. And here, at least, like in Latin culture, that's sometimes seen as bad because you're being selfish or envious or... Just thinking about yourself, and I don't think it like that. It's like it's you focusing on 
your well-being and that allows you to be your better version to helping others and that's okay it should not come with guilt or shame or with a bad thing and that's I think it's about taking off the labels that we're being put on by our culture our work uh the regular way of doing things in quotes um and it's about finding what labels we want to put on and what works for you and we're also like a, a a mosaic, I would say, of things, of our experiences, of different labels. I think of mothers, for example. I'm, I'm not myself one, but you're a mother, you're a woman, you're a daughter, you're a partner. Like, you have many, many labels that make you who you are, and it's important to attend to each one of those that makes you you. That's beautiful. I've never heard it explained as a mosaic, and I actually like the visual of that. I know you're very visual. <laughs> yeah. You give me so many visualizations when we have our conversations. That one's beautiful because it is a little component of each and they're all beautiful. We've just been taught that we have to label ourselves with one in order to feel validated. And that has to be perfect. And we have to balance it appropriately according to right society or the outside perspective when we all get to choose how we integrate work and life. And I believe this future economy is going to show us that we we're humans and how do you check the human side of yourself at the door of your workplace when we carry a heavy burden of the especially working moms like you said trying to to actually feel like you're doing a good job in either one you know you're bringing a lot of that with you we're now in generations where we have parents most likely that are going to need care as well as children. It's called the sandwich generation. I'm in that of hearing my friends going through the overwhelming stress of trying to care for, you know, their, their parents as well as their kids. So it, it you know, I, I believe that the, the, what we need least of is a toxic work environment. You know, we want to go to places where we actually feel valued and seen and heard and are, are given the opportunity to provide feedback. I mean, toxic work environments and workplaces were the number one reason people left their jobs in the past few years. They're searching for dignity, respect, a sense of purpose. They want to contribute. People do want to work and have a sense of contribution, but often we're not given that environment in order to grow and succeed. So it takes a lot to trust yourself and to pivot on purpose. What are some tips that you could give listeners who have been considering leaving a work, um, a toxic workplace or um, finding a different position if they have a micromanaging boss or a really unhealthy? I cannot believe the amount of stories that I hear of what people tolerate in their work life. So tell us a little bit about what it takes to trust yourself and actually make that move. Yeah, I would say, uh, first of all, getting to know yourself. Uh, going to, to the beginning of the podcast when we said, like, ask yourself the hard questions, the deep questions, and, and allow yourself to be honest with yourself, even if it's not the regular way of doing things, or or if, if you keep quiet, because what will people say? It's like, this is you with you. What would you say? What would make you feel okay? What would make you feel alive? And And going back to the image of the mosaic, I think also at work, we have to allow ourselves to know and to see that we are unique because we have a lot of experiences. So the fact that I studied art doesn't take away that I bring that into my consulting. And that doesn't take away that I also bring it into coaching. And all of these little pieces have made me me, me you know, like who I am. 
and it's not like oh I'm not an artist anymore you know I left that behind like no I'm closing the door and now I'm this or like for being an artist you cannot be in business that's not true I didn't study business I've gone to a couple of courses and that's how I learned business and and more in a in a like in an unusual way and that's how I learned the language and that's how I connected with people from other cultures from other places and that that's what has given me my unique view of the world like I cannot break myself into pieces to feed a box that people want me to fix I I, I don't I don't want to fit in there you know I have many pieces of me and they all make me who I am and that's how I can help others and help myself and it's allowing yourself to trust that you're all of that and being thankful for that, all the good, all the bad, all the hard. You have your lights and shadows. I don't think it's about good or bad. And once you have that clarity, then like double checking the um, mindset that you have, the labels that you were put on and seeing if that aligns with you or not. One, I'm going to share a story for me at my work. Um, I was paid as a freelance, but I was with the job, right? And when I got burned out, they actually took away half of my salary. And I, from the beginning, I had to pay, pay for my insurance, for my health, for everything. And they took away half of it. And I was like, that blew me away because I'm like, I'm working 12 hours or more every day for like six months, trying to do my best for you guys. And, and when I'm at my worst, when I'm at my lowest, when I'm feeling horrible, you're taking half away of that. It's not even about the money. It's about not feeling supported so you're taking half away of that and you're giving it to someone that needs to get that job done which I understand like if I'm in the business perspective I understand why but I felt completely abandoned and then when I started doing my own thing and I would I actually earned like three times what I was earning doing like half the time and being more effective and that was mind-blowing for me I was like wow I thought that to earn money, I had to be employed and I had to like suck it up and just like deal with it and like keep quiet and like, no, there's another way of doing things that actually works for me much better and works for my clients much better. But that was a huge insight. Like, I don't think we allow ourselves to think that we can do it differently. And maybe there's this thought that freelance doesn't pay as much, maybe at the beginning, but actually it can pay much more, much more. And you can have a, a, a healthier work-life balance. You can be with your friends. You can be with your family. You can travel. And, and that's amazing. That, that for me was like a huge roadblock in my way that I just took off. And, and I'm like, wow, the world just became much bigger and much brighter and much happier. Incredible. I have a couple of resources that I will include in the show notes for an author who wrote a couple of books on the gig freelance economy and how powerful it can be, again, if it's a fit. And that takes some introspection, like you said, and some self-discovery on if that is an alignment for you or starting starting it as a side hustle, you know, as you have where well, you have security and a salary, but starting as a side hustle. So let's talk a little bit about how much influence you have in helping people gain perspective shifts to achieve transformation. Because every time you open your mouth, I listen. You have golden nuggets of wisdom for such a young professional. Uh, what are some of your favorite questions that you ask people to help them self-reflect? And then I would love for you to share where you are in the world and some of the perspectives or belief systems that you had to release 
in order to get to this place of feeling very confident in where you're at and confident in the skills and strengths that you you are bringing to your work and to your clients? Uh, yeah, so for me, um, sorry, could, could you repeat the first question? The two questions yeah, were a little yeah, bit much. So the first one is, what are some of your favorite questions yes. to help your client self-reflect? Okay. And then for you, what were those questions that you had to ask yourself to start to release some of those limiting beliefs of your cultural experience? So for me, it's all, it's always about having an insightful conversation. You know, I never, and I don't feel like I know more or that I will tell you what to do. Not at all. I just talk to you and start like reading the, in between the lines. It's not what you tell me, it's what's behind. Um, so a lot of people um, are in their heads. Like, they're like, no, I really love my job, and this is amazing. And I'm like, mm. So then I would ask, for me, it's like having a knot and starting to untangle it. So I would say, like, okay, so tell me what's the part of your job that you love the most. And then they would start to connect with their energy. They, it would li- like, they would light up, right? Like, oh, I, I really love even doing that itself. Who knows? There are people that love that. And I'm like, okay, that's great. What do you love about it? oh, no, I really, really love numbers and organizing information. I'm like, oh, that's great. And another question is, like, what would you, what did you like to do as a child? And then um, all of these questions that take you back to, like, core memories, to happiness, to connect with your body. And then when they are light up and smiling and, you know, they're glowing. And, and I'm like, okay, then just for a second, like, look at yourself right now. Like, isn't it different? Don't you feel different? What do you feel? And they, they will like lower their eyes and say like, yeah, like a, with a little bit of shyness, you know, like, yeah, actually it feels better. Actually it feels different. And that's how they start to connect with that powerful like energy. And that's how going back to your previous question, like how you can start seeing what your next step might be or like your path or, there are a lot of times where people think there's only one way of doing things. So, for example, I, I have a friend that's architect. She's an architect. And she's going to do a master's. And she was looking for something for a job, but she didn't want to be employed. And she was super stressed. And I started asking her questions. And she realized that she loves being an, an entrepreneur. That at school, she used to like create these like bows for the hair. And she would sell them. But now she wanted to do an MBA to learn how to be an entrepreneur and to sell things. And I'm like... Yes, and you did it already, and you had no training for that. That was just coming from you, and you could do it, and you would sell things, and you would create things, and you had a basis for that. And I asked her, what did you like about it? Like, why a job in architecture? And she's like, oh, because that's what I'm studying. And I'm like, okay, but what do you like about it? And I would start, like, pinching her a bit, you know, and she would say at the end, I love creating experiences for people through spaces. And I'm like, that's amazing. So maybe that's your purpose. And okay, how can you achieve that in another way? Maybe planning events, maybe being a wedding planner, maybe creating amazing architectural experiences like for Dior or Chanel or museums. And her eyes just started like, she opened her eyes and she was like a ray of sunlight. And she's like, oh my God, like I never thought that was a possibility. So it's funny because it's not, me telling you what to do but it's me seeing those points of energy and those things that make you happy and helping you reframe that perspective and maybe finding other opportunities that you did not see before 
so that's that's what I love, you know, when 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 you just connect to that and and can help the others see that in themselves, and then they live with energy. And I would have people tell me like, I was I was walking in the dark, and now I see the light, or everything was super foggy, and now I can see the next steps, and and it's nothing changed. The only thing that changed was a conversation, or you connecting with yourself, or asking yourself these questions, and. Yeah, I think at the end he's going back to that um, by yourself and with the help of others. Absolutely. We place a lot of limits on ourselves, not just from our own experience, but obviously our subconscious is shaped in the belief systems that we are given before age nine. How would you say your culture, first of all, share with everybody where you are in the world and how your culture may have shaped some of those limitations and how you were able to break free? Because no matter where you are in the world, especially... For women, sometimes it's hard for us to not only see our worth, but express that to the world and our value. So share with us a little um, sneak peek into how, you know, how your, maybe even go into how your childhood shaped you, how your culture did, and how you were able to release some of those limiting beliefs. Yeah, um, so I'm from Bogota, Colombia, in South America. Uh, So I'm from a Latin culture that has a lot of, as you say, beliefs and and belief systems that, that are beautiful but also very heavy on me uh and going back to my child childhood I was a very strong-minded child like I knew what I wanted I knew how I wanted it I was very very clear but that was frowned upon because you're supposed to be the sweet girl the pretty girl the obedient girl especially being a girl like in Latin American that's kind of tough you know uh it's like a, a boy's culture and that's that's really hard and I had this moment where I felt, and I, and I carried this with me, and I'm trying to get rid of it, which is being me, it's not good enough. And then I had to put this, I, I chose to put my mask on and just be this perfect girl, perfect ace, uh, say what people wanted. And, and I just felt very lost, I think, because of that, I lost myself. So when I needed to to find what was right for me, I didn't know because I didn't have a voice anymore. And if I did, then I was very scared. So I was always looking for approval, for validation. You tell me what's right, and then I'll do that because that way you love me. I think at the end of it, it was not feeling that by being me, I could be loved. And that was very hard, very tough, very lonely. Luckily, I have, I don't know, like my older sister, she's amazing. She's been like my partner in crime. She's my my person, sort of like in Grey's Anatomy. And she's always helped me like mediate what I feel and with like with the world like I don't know with my parents or my family or the culture or like she helped me always like reframe that perspective and put myself in the shoes of others and always try to do better but being true to myself um so now I'm regaining my voice I am seeing who I am I'm learning to put boundaries and I am learning to be okay with people not liking what I do or how I say things um Another thing is that I've always wanted to live abroad. I, I speak five languages. I try to learn as many as I can. I love listening to others, um, learning about different topics, going to different cities, the architecture, the food, like everything just like nurtures my soul. So when I travel, for me, it's like a flower that blooms. And when I come back, uh, for me, it's my status quo. So I just go into hibernation. It's, I'm not my best self. And people frown upon that. Yeah, they're like, oh, you hate your country you don't like it and it's like shameful 
they sh they they make me feel guilt. No, they don't make me feel bad. I feel guilty because of those comments. But I've understand that I I don't need anyone's permission or opinion, and I'm I'm thankful for them because they allow me to see how they view the world, and I respect that. I just don't take it up on me. I'm like that's that's a you problem. That's not a me problem. I'm kind, I am generous, I am nice, I am a good person, I try to do my best, and as long as I do that, then I'm okay. Of course, I, I have my failures, of course, sometimes I'm not at my best, but I try. And if you don't agree with me, that's perfectly fine, we can agree to disagree, and I, I, I can learn from what you tell me, but I can also choose not to add that weight on, on myself. Um, also, the, the need to be perfect all the time. Uh, it's something that's heavy on me and I'm learning. Uh, I don't need to be perfect. I just need to try and to, and I've tried to read as much about it as I can to gain different tools, to have a support system and to, to try to do it differently. Uh, so again, reframing what success means to me. And I am very grateful for my family because we've been able to travel the world. We've been, I've been able to study in different places, in amazing universities, with amazing people, and that has reframed my perspective. So if, like that opened my mind and my heart and my eyes to the world, and in that way I can connect in a deeper level with others. And that for me is, un like, it's very valuable for me, it's everything. And, and that's, I'm very thankful that I don't only have my Latin culture that I'm grateful for, but I also have like a worldview. Um, and that allows me to move around as if the world was my home. I'm home everywhere because I'm good with myself. Even like in different jobs, in different countries, and, and that makes all the difference in the world to me. That was beautiful. So well spoken. I was asked a question just recently in a leadership summit that I was in. and said, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? And mine would be to have the ability to travel at light speed and experience every culture that exists on the planet as a global citizen, because there is something that happens and something that shifts and natural disaster relief work gave me this opportunity to see this connection to humanity that I had never seen before. It was level playing field because nothing else matters. The belief systems of the culture, just full immersion gives you this sense of being a human that is existing in one big, beautiful home. Like you said, we are who created the belief systems around borders, around our differences, around all of these things that honestly don't have anything to do with the core of being a human. And that was just such a powerful perspective on how not only relationships in your life can change with a global view and connection, but how it truly allows you to be able to live out a completely different purpose knowing why you're here. So thank you for sharing that. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, what is one idea that you hold tightly to that you need to let go of? Um, yeah. So for me, that's um, sometimes I have a scar scarcity mindset where even though I have a lot of experience, even though I'm good at what I do, I have people tell me that I help them and I can see that and I never feel good enough. Like even now, if I look for a job, I would put like internships. Like 
I feel as if I just graduated or like um, if I never know enough. That's I think I, I love learning, but it's also why sometimes I, I need to study a lot because I feel like I'm not enough. And even if I have the certificate that says, okay, Nicole started this for four years and she's good enough to go, I'm like, no, no, I'm still not good enough. Um, and it's letting go of that and and thinking of it from a place of abundance. And I think like through my journey after burnout is like when I see that people are resonating with what I say, it's not that they agree, it's that they resonate. Um, and that it helps them in any way or that I'm feeling like calmer and in peace and happier. That's when I say like I'm in a good path and I have enough experience, life experience. You know, it might not be the certificate or the whatever, but it's like, thanks. I'm, I'm very thankful that my path has been so different because that has given me the experience. Um, actually, with you, we were, we were at, at the course and they would talk about NFTs. And I would know that because of my consulting job, I had to do a research regarding that. And they would talk about the metaverse. And I, through another job, I actually learned about that. They would talk about um, how to communicate with people with different views. And that's actually what I'm doing, helping leaders connect in a human way. And, and I think that's where a lot of our fights come from. It's because we don't communicate and we are not empathetic or we just need to be right. And it's not like that. It's like we're both humans. We have similar things. We disagree on others, but we can find a middle ground where we, will, where we both feel heard and safe and it's okay if we don't agree um and that makes all the difference in the world i think it absolutely does i'm so grateful for you and i'm so grateful so for much you. wisdom so much wisdom i love our friendship thank you for the little gift you gave me it's setting on the ledge in my window and so i see it every morning when i wake up it's a reminder of my passion for global friendship and perspectives. So thank you for that little reminder. Do you have any last words of wisdom for our audience? Give, give yourself permission to, to be yourself and to go after what you want. Like there are a hundred jobs, more than a hundred jobs anywhere in the world. Like you can try. The worst thing that happens is that you learn. And I know it's hard, but I think it's harder to stay in a place where you're not okay. And that's that's tough um and i'm very thankful for you delray like you've been such an amazing friend you're a ray of sunlight every time i see you you're smiling and you have this amazing energy and words of wisdom and you're so so inspiring and i was very thankful for you and and the fact that you invited me to share the experience that i have is great and, and this conversation was amazing and i hope that it helps other take others take that leap of faith in themselves and and see that they're not alone we also we all of us i think struggle with these topics and there's another way of doing things and the world is there for us to take and to be part of and to have an impact on and help others and at the end it's all about human connection as you said that's the most important thing for me and if we have that we have everything beautiful Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Well, that concludes another episode of Well-Spoken Podcast. Remember, stay open, curious, and think abundantly to co-create a better future together.